for taking time out of your uh, week to be here. Um, I really don't believe it's an accident that, that God brought you here. I'm excited that you're here. We've been praying about today. I'm excited. You know, we've been praying. I brought Bob Morikuni, the athletic director at McKinley, brought him up a few weeks ago. They're in the process of, of hiring a, a new football coach, and um, they made a decision last week. And so um, McKinley has a new football coach. Max and I are going to go uh, meet with him. And, you know, exciting times. And so I'll continue to pray for the athletic department at McKinley High School. I think the McKinley uh, uh, boys basketball team um, still alive in the tournament. Is that right? They're still alive. There we go. Yeah. So, so pray for them. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's just Exciting times, you know, I, I believe God brought us here for a reason, and uh, um, I'm excited. You know, one of the things, you know, we talk about the prayer cells, and we talked about all those things and how important prayer, prayer is, and uh, over the last few months, really felt a need that, you know, we gotta, we gotta pray, I gotta pray, and so I've been praying through the Lord's Prayer, um, you know, not, I, I would love to pray every day. But I, but I, I, you know, I'm pretty regular as much as I can. I pray through the Lord's prayer, and you know, try to take about an hour, just praying. And you know, the great thing, and I want to encourage you to do that, because as as I've been doing that, what I realize is God's been been speaking to me in, in clearer and, and 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 more frequently, and you know, He has my attention for that time. And and you think, well, how can you pray for an hour? Well, you know, if you just pray, one day we'll go over the outline thing. I mean, you know, sometimes it's like I get stuck on your kingdom come, your will be done. You know, I'm just praying, God, you know, in our church, you know, for, for my kids, you know, for, for Max, you know, your kingdom come, your will. And you just get stuck because God just keeps you there. You just all of a sudden, all these, all these, um, these needs come to mind. And, and um, but... One of the things that the Lord's been speaking to me about is that um, He's given us an exciting call for our church. You know, it's something that involves all of us. And I, I looked, and this is past week, I was thinking, God's call and vision for our church is, is this big. And, and, and the manpower that we have in our church is this small. And it's like, how can we do this? You know, it's like, Man, we're so busy. We're, we're all this. And how can this many people do something this huge? And God says, well, you know, I'm going to supply the power to fill in that gap. And it's like we're, we're at a place where it's like unless God shows up, it's like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And God says, that's exactly where I want you to be because that's what faith is all about. And, you know, we're on week five of our Daniel plan and and it's been good. And the whole point of this series really is to live healthier lives, not so that we can show off or do whatever or feel better about ourselves, but it's being able to experience and to accomplish everything God wants for us to do. That, that we, can, we can experience everything that God created us to experience, you know. And... Um, I hope a lesson that you're learning or a lesson I'm learning is the importance of faith and how important um, it is for us to depend on God 
to supply the power, you know, to make right choices. That he supplies power when we do make right choices. You know, um, you know there are things now in our house that you know, we're trying to avoid, right? And, and, and yet, for whatever reason, people try to slide in contraband, right? And, you know, the other day, you know, my wife went to a meeting and brought back a tub of cookies, right? Homemade kind of cookies. And in that bunch was peanut butter cookies, which is like the second greatest cookies ever, right? And then this past week, my daughter brings home like a bag of like brownie brittle, right? Okay. And I said, like, like, all right, who brought this contraband in here, you know? And, and I'm learning. I say, God, you know, like, I cannot do things on my own, right? And I need your help. And, and you know, I walk past because I, I, I cook a lot. So I walk past the brownie brittle, the peanut butter cookies, and on my own, I'm telling you, I just, I would, I would cave, all right? But I just walk past, walk past. In fact, last night, you know, I, I was a little bit hungry late at night, and I saw the bag of brownie brittle, and I actually laughed at it. Ha-ha! <laughs> 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 ha! <laughs> 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 ha! And I walked past, you know. And I thought, oh, that's a great thing, you know, that God supplied the power, because on my own, I would bow down to the around you know, right? But on my own, it was rough. But God supplied the power. And I was thinking about that and, and thinking about how important it is to tap into God's power. And how do we experience God's power? And then I kind of thought, you know, what, what is the kind of person that makes God smile? I mean, have you ever thought about that? I mean, don't we all want to be people that, that make God smile, right? I mean, I said, man, God, you know, what kind of people and what is the kind of person that makes you smile? And I thought, what kind of person does God do amazing things through? You ever thought about that? You know, what, what is the kind of person that God does like just crazy things through, you know? What are the qualities that you find in people that God seems to really use in powerful ways, you know, that, they seem, that God seems to bless? And I think, you know, these are questions we kind of think about, right? We think like, hmm, what kind of person are they, you know? And, and here's what I've noticed. When I thought about this, here's what I noticed. That God uses all kinds of people, right? That he uses... People from different backgrounds, all ages, all socioeconomic classes, from all over the world, different ethnicities, different languages, you know. But, but there is like one common denominator that you find in every single person who God blesses and uses in a powerful way. And that there's this quality that they have in their life. And, and what that quality is, is that th these are people who will trust God completely, right? 
That's what I notice. It can be young, old, you know, you know, whatever. But there are people who made a decision that they're going to trust God completely, right? And I realize that God smiles at people who are not afraid to trust Him. And that these are people that move from like what would be like the fear factor to the God factor, you know, that to the faith factor. And the Bible tells us that there's this direct connection between faith and power. That the more faith you put into God, the more you let Him steer your life, the more power and blessing we experience. And that's the secret of these people who God smiles at and who we look and we go like, oh, they're doing like crazy things. That they understand that the more they walk in faith, the more they're going to experience God's power. Abraham is called the father of the faith, right? In Romans 4.11, he says he's the father of all who believe. Why? Because in Romans 4, verse 20, it says this, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. You see? That's why he's a father of the faith. Because he understood that the more he walked in faith, the more he's going to experience God's faithfulness, his power, his goodness, his blessing. And then you go on the other side in Matthew 13, verse 58. You read this. And so he, Jesus, did only a few miracles in that place. Why? Because of their unbelief. Because of their lack of faith. When there's a lack of faith, there's a lack of God's power. God's power can't flow where there is no faith. The more faith, God's power can come in. And the question is, would you like to experience more of God's power in your life? Right? You know? And that's what this Daniel plan has really, something that's really stuck in my heart is, in order for me to <clears throat> eat better, in order for me to, to put some exercise and, and some of those stuff into my life to somehow fit it in, I got to step out in faith more because I need God's power. And I think we all would want to see more of God's power <clears throat> in our lives. If you don't have God's power, then we're going to be running on our own strength, right? And that's tough. I cannot overcome contraband in our kitchen without God's power. I just can't. You know, I, I'm, I'm weak. You know, I have absolutely zero willpower. And the great news is that God never meant for us, for you, to go through life struggling on your own strength. You know, that's not what it's all about. But, but he's, he's meant for us to experience his power. But, but we're kind of like, like a laptop, Right? You know, a laptop has some juice in it. You know, it has some power already in it. And we can go and two hours, four hours, some of us, you know, ten hours you can go. And, but there's a limited supply of power in that laptop, right? But when you plug that in, there's unlimited. You can just keep going. And the secret 
is we got to plug in to God's power. You know, we got to plug in to God's power. And faith is how we plug into God's power. The more we walk in more faith, in growing faith, the more we experience his power. And this morning, I just wanted to encourage you with some key things and key ways in which you can grow in walking and experiencing uh, more faith and experiencing more power. All right? So you got your bulletins. You can follow along. <clears throat> First thing is this. Faith is choosing to walk in God's best for your life. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Faith is choosing to walk in God's best for your life. You see, in Proverbs 29:18, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. The New Living Translation says, When people do not accept divine guidance from God, they run wild. And you see, it all starts with vision. It all starts with us grabbing hold and saying, You know, I don't want to... I don't want my vision anymore. I don't want my dreams. I'm going to go after God's dream. Because so often when we follow our vision and our dreams and the things we want to do in our lives, what happens? Life kind of goes wild. You know, we kind of, life kind of goes out of control. But when you choose God's best and you choose God's dream and you choose God's vision, something kicks into gear. That's called faith. When you say, God, I'm going to believe you enough that I'm going to choose to walk in your best. You know, even if it means sacrifice, even if it means, you know, I got to, it's going to be so inconvenient. I'm going to miss out on things I want to do. But when you choose to walk in God's best, then your faith grows and you begin to experience more power. See, faith is about trusting God for his dream and what's best for you. We keep looking at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are God's workmanship. We are God's masterpiece. And God created us. Even before we were born, he's, He laid out all these good works. He laid out a dream for our life. He laid out a vision for our lives. That when we were born, that we would begin to walk in that dream. God has a dream for our lives. In Isaiah verse 30, chapter 30, verse 18, it says, So the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. For the Lord is, faith, is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. See, God is faithful. God wants to help. God wants to give you this huge dream. But he's there waiting because he's not going to come in and just force his way into our lives. He's waiting for us to come to him, that we need to go to him. Faith is asking God, for his dream, for his vision, for our life. How do you get God's vision? You ask. You dare to ask God for his vision. Rick Warren says that this is the most dangerous prayer we could ever pray. It's a simple prayer. It's use me. And you think about it. That's a scary prayer, right? Use me. Right? We want to say, God, 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 this is what I would kind of like to offer you that I could do with my life, you know? I know people go to, to be missionaries in Africa, and they go to the jungles, and but you know, I want to offer you, I would love to be a missionary in Hawaii Lower Ridge, 
If you would put me on Hawaii, Lord, raise God, I'll be your missionary. I'd love to be your missionary in New York City. I would love to be a missionary in Waikiki, you know? And, and it's like, man, you know, we want to offer God all these things. But how scary it is, God, use me. You want to take me to the jungles of wherever? Use me. Isn't that a dangerous prayer? But when we begin to pray that, we're saying, God, I want to walk in your very best for my life, you see. If you want to experience God's power, you've got to choose to let go of your dreams. You've got to choose to let go of your vision and grab on to his. Got to pray that dangerous prayer. You've got to pray. Use me. Faith is choosing to walk in God's best. Second thing is faith is being willing to take risks. Right? Isn't that faith? That you've got to take risks, Right? Right? Those of you who, who, those of you guys who are married and hopefully you guys had a great Valentine's Day. I don't know what happened with Valentine's Day. It's just about the, the women now, right? Is that the way it is? I mean, what do us men get from, from Valentine's Day? It's like it's just one way, right? I mean, it's like, you know, the, you know, the women are like, oh, I wonder what my husband, what my honey is going to get me, you know? I mean, what was the last guy who said, I wonder what I'm going to get? We get zero, you know? I mean, no, we get stuff. But it's a woman's thing. Something happened, right? But, but you remember when you were dating, yeah, you had to take risks, right? Like you saw, you saw that girl and she kind of, you know, just like, yeah, that, that's a, that's, yeah, that was a good one, right? Right? But, but you got to take a risk. You had to go and say, you know, you had to go and whether you had game or not, you had to go, right? And you had to, Say something. You had to give her a line or something. You had a risk. And they could have said, beat it, creep. I mean, they could have, right? And, and some of you might have had that. I've never had anyone say that to me because I'm Dr. Love. But some of you all did, right? It's a risk. Nothing is guaranteed. You know, sometimes, man, it'd be kind of cool go back to the days of arranged marriages. I didn't like that when I was single, but for my kids, that sounds pretty good now. You see? But you got to, faith is about taking risks. It's about willing to risk what is comfortable, safe, convenient, to reach out for God's dream for your life. Because if there's no risks, really, if there's no risks, does it even require faith, right? There's no risk, there's no need for faith, right? If it's in the bag, it's like, well, what's the big deal? There's no faith. If there are no risks, then it is probably not a vision from God because God wants us to live by faith. God's dream and God's vision for you is so big that you cannot do it on your own, that, that it requires faith. And faith is all about taking risks. Daniel 3, those three guys in verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They go up to King Nebuchadnezzar. And you know what? They're not going to bow down. They're not going to turn away from their God. And so they go to the king, right? And they say to King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown in the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. 
and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. And then there's a but. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods. See? And, and they stood before the king, which was a risk. And they say, God, and they said to this king, said, you know, God's going to deliver us. That you can do what you want, but God's going to take care of us. And even if he doesn't, right, because there's no guarantees. There's no guarantee of a miracle, right? They didn't have the book of Daniel before they went in. They didn't know what the outcome was going to be. But they went in saying, God's going to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down. Then I thought, it's not going to bow down because you're going to be all toast. <laughs> but you know, right? Because you're going to be dead. If God didn't deliver you, you're going to be all burnt up. How can you bow? But they, what they're saying is, don't matter. Either way, we're going to trust God. Because faith is about taking risks. You see, faith does not demand a guarantee of a miracle. See, sometimes we want to say, God, 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 I'll go if you would do this first. God, I'll do this if you do that. That's not faith. Faith is, I'm going to go. I'm going to do something. If this is your dream for my life, I'm going to take a step. And if it works out the way I hope it does, great. But if it doesn't, I'm still going to trust in you. That's faith. This year, you know, we're, we're making this huge shift as a church. And as the year goes on, you're going to hear more and more about it. That we're organizing, like we talked about at our vision service, if you were there, that we're organizing everything in our church according to three categories, three steps which we're calling like the three B's, all right? And the three B's are key steps that every person takes to grow in their relationship with God and to experience his amazing life for them, right? And so it's this big transition, you know, is, you know we're talking about belonging, believing, and becoming. And everything we're doing falls under one of those. If it doesn't fall under one of those, we're not doing it. And it's this huge transition, and it's requiring a lot of work. And this year, as a part of that, what we're doing is we're sinking our small groups, right? Because we want people to grow in their relationship with the Lord. A big part of that is small groups. That's why we keep pushing small groups. And we said what we're going to do is for every series that we do here, that we talk about here, we're going to have small group material for small groups to go into depth even more in that small group. So... Everything we do here, we're syncing up with our small groups. And, and you know what? It takes a lot of work. You know, there's people needing to make sure people can get in small groups. We're trying to train up and raise up small group leaders and the whole thing. And, and, and there's a lot of work involved. And it seems like, like the vision that God has given us and called us to is so much bigger than the man part, like what I talked about. You know, I look at that and I go, holy mackerel, God, how can we do everything you're calling us to because, because it seems like there is so much to do at every front. And it's like, man, we're busy. And we're working hard. And I'm looking around and we just like, we need every breathing, living soul to get involved, right? On top of that, after praying regularly, and I've just been praying recently 
that God gave this huge vision that he has for Easter, all right? And I sensed that, you know, as I was praying one day, and it's not that I had a vision, because the Bible says that old, man's, old men dream dreams and young men you know, see visions, and I guess I'm not old, so I don't see too much visions no more. But I had, in my, as I was praying, you know, I just began to see things in my mind. And, 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 I, and I saw hundreds of people on Easter Sunday at Roosevelt High School just experiencing God in an unprecedented and powerful way. That we've had Easter services at Roosevelt before. But it was something different when, you, when I just saw hundreds of people. And there was, there was something about them that they were leaving the service knowing that God was in that place. That I, I could hear their, them saying, God was in that place. Surely God was in that place. And, and I, I saw hundreds of people making decisions to take steps to belong, believe, and become. That God had so gripped their hearts that they were taking their a lot of people say, you know what, I'm going to accept Jesus as my Savior. Other people say, you know, I've got to take another step. I've got to grow. I've got to grow. And it was exciting and it was powerful, you know, that, that I just saw people were saying, yes, the best is yet to come. Because that's what the theme that God gave us for Easter is all about. It's the best is yet to come. That in light of God's resurrection, the promise and the hope of the resurrection, God's best is before us. And people are coming out and I know that the best is yet to come. And then I saw the children and our children were experiencing God in a powerful way too. That they were leaving the cafeteria and, and there was the hope of the resurrection just, just cemented in their hearts. And they were excited. They weren't excited and they weren't all sugared up and all that kind of stuff. They were excited because God had spoken to them. And as they left, as they left the cafeteria and they met their parents, the parents would look and they could see that something is different about their kids. And it was so much so that there were parents, and, you know, um, new parents, and parents who were just guests at the church, uh, at that service. And they were saying, we got to find out more, that, that I want our kids to experience more. And they were finding out about what the children's ministry is all, what the Sunday school is like. And they were wanting to come back for more, and, and that it was just going to be this crazy, powerful time on Easter service where hundreds of people are going to be blessed. And I shared this with the staff um, on Friday, and I wasn't going to share it here because then it makes us look bad if like nothing happens, right? right? That's a risk now because you all heard it, but, but that's faith. And the kicker is this, every year, that we get to go in early on Saturday to set up the cafeteria, to set up the auditorium. This is the first year that they got something on Saturday night that we can't go in until Sunday morning. And it's like, of all the, of all the Easter's, God, maybe next year we can do something like that. And God says, are you willing to take a risk? You know? We're already stretched thin. Everybody's busy. How are we going to do this? 
But that's what God is doing. He's stretching our faith. He's saying, are you willing to trust me even if it costs much sacrifice? You know, even if there's no guarantees, even if the risk seems greater than what we can overcome, that's the essence of faith. And I'm telling you, we're going to need all of you, all right? We're going to need help. We're going to need help. But I'm trusting God that God's going to supply all the power we need to accomplish what he's called us to be. We, I believe we, we're going to be able to witness with our own eyes just the power of God. And God's, we're going to say, God did all that through us? That's faith. And we've got to walk in that faith. The third thing is that faith is believing that God can and work and will work through you. See, a lot of times you say, oh no, you know, Mark, that's your pastor, of course, yeah. But you know what? Faith is believing that God can work through each one of us. So often we miss out and we don't experience God's power because we don't think God can work through us. You know, I'm just a so-and-so. You know, no, there's no just a so-and-so in God's kingdom. In Philippians, verse, uh, Philippians 1 verse 20, Paul says this, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. And Paul's confidence was not in who he was, his gifting, or anything like that. His hope and trust was firmly in God and for God's dream for his life. You see, faith is believing that God can work through us. In Psalm 2, look what God says. God says this, Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, and the ends of the earth your possessions. God says, Ask me for the world. There isn't anything bigger than that. And God is saying to us that, God, it's not about how good or how powerful you think you are. It's about the size of your God that's going to determine his dream for our life. And that you really haven't believed God until you've attempted something that you can't do on your own strength. You see, faith is believing that God can and works through you. And then the last thing is this. Faith is never giving up. Faith is never giving up. Faith is not quitting when everyone on the outside and everything on the inside wants you to give up. And a big key to not giving up is grabbing hold of God's promises. In Jeremiah 32, verse 27, the Bible says this, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? The answer is what? No, there's nothing too hard for God. Nothing is impossible with God. What seems like today's impossibility is tomorrow's possibility, right? And God can do anything. And we just have to keep walking in faith. And as we do, God's going to supply power. And we're going to want to give up. And we're just, we just keep walking. There's going to be risks, but we keep walking. You see, I think back on, on, on Pastor Max and <clears throat> last year, he did something really crazy, right? One day he comes up and he says, you know, I believe God is 
calling me to run for office. All right? And Max, no experience, um, never ran before. You know, he was scared. But he believed that running for office was God's vision for his life. Right? So he begins the adventure. He, he began to work at a half-time rate here at the church and would receive half of his salary. Vanessa, his wife, said, man, this is going to take a lot of work. It's going to put a hold to her home business. And so they had more work. They had more challenges. There were more risks and half the income. All right? He gets his campaign team together. They were all new at this as well. You know, no one really had much experience at all. But they determined that, you know what? God's behind this. God's going to be the center of this campaign. And, and so they said, you know what? We need a team pastor. You know, so, okay, you know, okay, well, let's get, you know, this. No, no. They said no. They, you know, they asked about 500 guys. They all said no. They said, Mark, can you do this? You know, all right, all right, I'll do this. All right? They had a team pastor. They decided to bless the schools in the area, the elementary schools in the area. They said, you know what? They got to raise money, right? A campaign, you got to raise money. So out of the campaign money, we're going to bless the schools. Everybody's telling them, that's silly. You don't want to do that. You're going to need all the money you need for the campaign. Don't, I mean, the schools are fine. Do that after you're elected. But no, they decided they're going to they're gonna do that, you know, because they sought God at every step. And they obeyed. Had a few fundraisers along the way. And the money needed for the campaign came in. And at the end, God blessed them with what they thought they needed and more. A lot more. Because that's what God does. And you know, there was much hope and excitement throughout the campaign. People in the community were recognizing, cheering Max on. Hey, there's Max Fowler. You know, it was exciting. And people were, hundred, you know, over 100 people got involved, waving signs, all that stuff. And, and, and Max was obedient. He stepped out in faith. He chose to walk in God's best for him and his family. He sacrificed a lot. He was willing to take huge risks. He, he blessed his community. He did all these things. He believed that God could and would work through him. Max never gave up during the campaign, and his supporters gathered together then on election night. Yeah, what is God going to do? Max did everything, right? God gave him a dream. He did everything, you know, right? And we're expecting, yeah, it's going to be great. So what was the outcome? The, the results come in, and God said, not yet, not yet. And Max lost that election, to which we were like, all right, time out. Why? What happened, God? Didn't you want Max to run? Didn't you want Max to run? Didn't you want Max to win? We all had questions. But sometimes, God's plans are not the same as our plans. That's what faith is all about. That we're going to trust God, even if the outcome is not what we had hoped for. Did we see God's power as a result of the followers stepping out in faith? Yes. How? God provided everything the followers need, needed during the campaign. God blessed the schools during the campaign. Many, many, many people saw God's love 
throughout the campaign, and seeds of his love will spread throughout that community. One day they're all going to germinate, you know. People got involved in their community. The Fowler family got stronger during the campaign. Miley followed, you know, Miley, Max's daughter, followed Max's, uh, his, her father's lead, ran for office, did a little better, won, right? She won her election, you know. Max grew in faith. He's a far better, greater leader uh, today. You know, and I can go on and on. You can go see Max, all the ways that God demonstrated his power. The point is this. Max walked in faith. God demonstrated his power. And the Fowlers will never be the same. And those who were a part of that came, that campaign all grew. Seeds of God's love planted throughout that community. And guess what? God smiled. God smiled. See? That's what faith is all about. We step out in faith. It doesn't matter what happens. Because when we step out in faith and we're obedient, God smiles. And at the end of the day, when I say, God, well, I don't know what happened. You know? God says, I know what happened. And I look at God, and God's smiling at Max. That's what faith is. That's what faith does. And as we continue on the home stretch of the Daniel plan, let it be an opportunity for you to step out and choose faith. Let this be an opportunity to grow your faith and experience more of God's power. Because if you get that, that is the most important thing that we can get. Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. You know, Father, I pray that in our hearts this morning, that you would implant a desire. That a desire deep in our hearts, the desire to be a person that makes you smile. That we would be people who just, you look down and you just smile at God. And for that, we need to walk in faith, Father. And I pray you would encourage every person here to walk in faith. And I pray as people take steps of faith, that they would experience your power in greater ways, God. So thank you. And I pray, Father, thank you for the vision for Easter. Thank you for what you're calling our church to, that this is an exciting time. And you chose everyone who's here to be a part of that, God. And we're so grateful, God, for your love for us. And so we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless. There's some refreshments back there. There's Max Fowler over here. And so you might want to talk to him and, you know, all that stuff. God bless. Have a great uh, week.